Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. You know, there's these like two seemingly conflicting messages we get in the self-help world where one of them is like, you can do anything, you can accomplish anything, the world is limitless. And at the same time, there's this other message of like, know what you're good at, right? Like, what are your limitations? Know what you're not good at. In the sense that you could probably do anything, but is that what your soul is assisting you in achieving, right? So let's say, for example, if I wanted to be a gold medal um, achieving like marathon runner or something like that, maybe I could achieve it, right? But is that what's in alignment for my soul? And sometimes we're going to get clues from the universe about the fact that we are just not good at everything. And I think accepting that sometimes is actually really helpful because it helps you refine what you are good at. It's like how the universe redirects us and diverts us onto closer to our path. So I think in this world, we can actually achieve anything we want, but it's going to feel a lot emptier if we're achieving things we don't want right so let's take the mar- if I wanted to run marathons like I'm not necessarily and I fully believe for example that you get given the physicality and the body all that th- those things are tools as well right so I would have to work very hard maybe to get my stamina to a place where someone who was meant to be a marathon runner would have maybe have a little bit more ease around that state because their body is like better set up for their purpose right and I don't believe in any um coincidences or any accidents in the sense that I do believe the universe designs us perfectly for those things so we have the hands that we need to have for our craft we have the frame that we need to have to be perceived in a certain way and also with physicality you know so many little physical traits are indicative of your personality as well and of your constitution and so it's really interesting because I think On the one hand, we're so afraid to tell ourselves that we can't do certain things, right? It's almost like taboo to tell people now, like, you know, if you come eighth place, it's like, no, no, you're still a winner or whatever. But sometimes it's like helpful to see where you're not a winner to help you find out where you are a winner. I couldn't agree more. Um, I actually think a good example of this is your voice. I think your voice was, and, and we can even see parts of the chart where people's, the way, the intonation of people's voices is part of their design. There's a couple different gifts that mention that, but like yours, for example, you have this calming and you get tons of people comment about it. And I definitely think that your voice was a part of what you were given for the work you came here to do. Hmm. It's, and it's so, um, it's so down to that level of detail sometimes where we can't even necessarily connect the dots until we're like starting to get onto the path that we're supposed to get on. 
Um, but I think there really is something to that. Like people that are grafters, they almost look like grafters, like their body and their physicality, their energy, like advertises them as such to the world before they even open their mouths. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Me, me and um, my fiance were literally talking about this last week. And we were thinking about the fact that all people that look in con- that work in construction, they kind of have a similar look. Surfers have like a similar look. And obviously that has to do with homogenization, like the people that you're around, you become like. But I also think it's that there's like this physicality and the way they're built and the way they look and the way that they move that makes them good for that role. Like my brothers, for example, are a great example. They're both born from the same parents and they both have very different physicalities and they were both very talented at sports when they were super young you know when you're kind of um you're all sort of playing on a similar playing field you haven't like very much diverted in what your body types look like at that point and one Mm -hmm. of them kind of grew into more of a leaner smaller body type he's tall now but he didn't grow very tall until post high school and then one of them was very bulky and now like when they were playing sports, it was always kind of a bummer for the smaller one because he would get really, he would beat himself up and be like, why can't I keep playing? I can't keep up because I'm smaller than everybody now. But now you look at their lives, Brandon, the bigger, bulkier one is in commercial construction and the leaner, um, taller one, Jordan is in sales and marketing and he's in front of people and he's talking to people and he's incredible at what he does. And they're both in completely different lanes with the body types and setups that they needed. Hmm. And obviously that's just like the most, I love that example. And that is the most kind of like, mm, that's like, I guess the first most foundational level, but then also there's like other examples where like, if you're meant to completely change the game in your specific industry, then maybe you don't look like everyone in your industry. For example, you know, there isn't just one way for everything, but I really do think that all we talk about, like you get given the perfect tools you need for this lifetime that I think that includes down to the physical, down to the literal, down to your looks, and also down to the things that you're specifically made to not be and not be good at. Right. Because those are the, it's like almost if you have everything open to you how else are you going to decide like let's let the universe make it easy and be like not this not this not this not this but then it also probably means that you have a lot more open to you of the things that you could be good at like imagine if you end up having 10 different careers tailored but they're all in alignment or the same with me but they'll all have a similar yeah that they'll be all aligned with a certain essence that I you know lend well to those um certain things And you're making me think of another direction we could take this conversation. It's making me think of this idea between, you've talked to me about this before, between free will and what your soul came here to do. Mm. It's almost like, you know, our design, our authority, our using our strategy, working with our design are like indicators of our soul's path, the path that our soul chose before it came here. And also Mm. physicality is indicators but then there's also free will. So can you explain that, that the difference between that? You've never talked about this before on the podcast. I know. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, I feel like it's almost like I got a, a whole body chill. Sorry. I know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because I almost feel like it's such a hot potato that no one wants to touch in the spiritual world. Because like, let's be honest, let's just say it how it is. Like no one on this planet knows the answer of whether it's free will or destiny or how much of it is you know, whatever. So let's just open this playing field wide open and say, we don't have the answer, but even though we don't have the answer, let's just clumsily explore it, 
right? And I don't think that that happens enough in this in this world. And so I'm really happy to just, you know, let's just discuss the different factors and, and how it could come together. So the thing about free will is I really do believe that we live in a quantum universe where, for example, if you will something into existence, yes, it could probably take you a bit more strength and force, but the universe is just one big um, giant mirror. So it is going to reflect you certain things, right? So if you're wanting something from a place of not self, okay, or of ego, you probably will get that thing, right? If you try hard enough and you have that strong belief, you probably will get it. And will but, you explain what not self is too for people that aren't listening, are listening yeah. that might ask what you're talking about there? So in human design, we talk about the not self, which is basically your conditioned self. So everything you have become or were told to be or taught to be, everything you've picked up that isn't actually um, really who you truly are. And we all have a not self, which is the parts of us that we've picked up along the, along the way that were never truly asked to begin with. So if you're acting out of not self, which we all are to some extent, you probably are going to get certain things that your not self has told you that you want. You can get those things, right? However, you are not going to feel happy, centered, like you've arrived in your home and your soul and your body once you get them, right? So let's say, for example, someone, two different people are striving to be superstar singers. The person who is doing that from not self, i.e. it's not part of who they truly are, is going to feel completely different when they get to that place than to the person who that's really true to, okay? And what we're all genuinely striving for is that feeling of being our real self because that's when we feel like we are like the ambassadors for the light, for God, the fragment of God that we represent on this planet, that little shard that is us. When we are that is when we feel most in touch with our div our divinity, our divine self, that spark, that amazing, just like everything is shiny around us and the world just feels magical and everything feels open. So yes, you could become a superstar athlete or you could become a billionaire, but if it's not done in the right way or it's wanted from the wrong places, um, you're not, you, you know, alignment is that honest, unmistakable feeling of like, yes, I am me and everything is flowing well. So we can free will our way way into pretty much anything, but it's better to use our free will towards things that are actually true to us deep down rather than use our free will to things that we should want or need to want in order for us to like ourselves, for other people to like us, um, you know, to just be a slave to fears and lacks and validation rather than like, I'm going to do what I know is true to me, even though it's more of a risk, even though there's less kind of shiny, obvious, dangly carrots, I know I will feel more like me along the way. So, you know, for example, um, and I use this example all the time, you know, or I'll use my current life as an example. When I first decided to go into human design, you know, six, seven years ago, it wasn't cool. No one was doing it. It was a huge risk that I took because I was running a successful food business at the time. And, you know, for me to just think I was giving all of that up, which was going places to go and do this thing that was a complete risk. And I thought that, you know, I was going to drop off the face of the earth. If I did this, I'd be like some wacko crazy person wearing a wig and a crystal ball, like doing readings for the rest of my life. I had no idea where it was going to go. And it only led me to this feeling of feeling so satisfied with my life because I was doing something that was aligned and that felt good, right? And that felt like me and that I was using my correct gifts. And I was totally 
let go of where it was going to go. That's, I think, what people mean when they talk about surrender is like, you just let the outcome unfold. You hand that bit over to the universe, but you do your bit by doing what's aligned, which is the risk, right? You do what's aligned rather than what is um, cool or in or guarantees you the kind of immediate you know, admiration and validation and all those kind of cheap fuels that eventually run out. So I think you're right. Like we, it's true on some level, you can have anything you want, right. Or be anything you want, but there are certain um, lanes or streams that you can get into where if your physicality and your gifts and your nature match up with that stream, the stream is going to go a lot more smoothly than if you try and work upstream into places that your not self has led you into. And I know you said that um, we don't, we're not ever going to have the 100% confirmed answer on what all this is, but what do you think it comes from? So you go, you got free will where you come here and you're a human and you're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And you don't really know what's coming from, but then you have those paths that are, are more aligned, more in line with who you are. Those things, where do those things come from? Like, where does that, that path start? Can you, what do you think? that is so it depends on if you believe in reincarnation or not but I think that as a soul regardless of whether we've come here before or not as a soul think about like when you're just you know universal consciousness you look at this place where there's like all the colors all the different kinds of smells and sights and sounds and possibilities and things you can experience in a human skin right from a from the universal consciousness perspective, you're like, ooh, let's see what it would be like to be this. Let's see what, like how when you play Sims, you know, you're like, okay, well, let's have a builder and let's have a wife and let's have, a, you know, the person that's running around on the streets like crazy, like, you know, showing everyone, you know, flashing everyone. And let's also have the like crazy serious business person. Like it doesn't have any judgment about all the different iterations. And so whether you've been here a thousand times, you believe that you've been here a thousand times or not, the universe or God consciousness or the divine just wants to do it all, right? Okay, it just wants to taste all the flavors. Like when you first go to a Baskin Robbins, you just want to try everything, right? When you're a kid in a candy shop. So I think it's almost like, okay, well, it needs to use someone to decide to do this bit and someone else to do decide to do this bit. And this is why we're all one because if you're the one who's like tasked with being Taylor, Taylor Gruy, who had this life path and whatever, then I, when I'm being me, I'm also free to just delight in your life and find it just as interesting and fascinating. And I can literally just like soak in your essence of what it's like to be Taylor when I'm happy with being me and I see you and I see me and we're the same and no one's better or no one's worse. And I'm not seeing you thinking that means I'm doing it wrong or you're doing it better or you're doing it right or I should be more like you. I'm just like, oh, let's see what it's like to be Taylor. How fun. Let's talk about like, let's, you know, just hear her story and see what it's like to bathe in her energy. So I think this whole thing about destiny is almost like saying, you know what, like this is the things that I'm made to be interested in. And I think that's the thing is that your destiny is always the stuff that you were also made to enjoy. So it's not by accident that if you are fascinated by gardening, don't question that because that's the universe's way of saying, of course, if I'm going to be, if you're going to be the one that's tasked with doing the gardening, I'm going to make sure as hell that you freaking love that one and that you're not interested in astronomy, right? So I think that joy and interest and passion is such a big indicator because it wouldn't make our destiny something that we wouldn't love to do. 
And this is a, a physical, tangible example of what you mean when you often say that if everyone is their puzzle piece, we'll all fit better together. Like you and I, for example, us knowing our skill sets and following our interests, we're both from each of our sides of how we're existing in life are so fired up about this kind of this like human design, this world. We individually like pursuing this space but we both pursue it in very different ways. And because I show up as me, because you show up as you, we get to do both of our things. Yes. And and like be so in our lanes, but that's because we're next to each other in the way that we're, that's what we're the puzzle. We're puzzle pieces that fit next to each other. And we don't work either of us as efficiently and effectively if one of us is not being ourselves, right? Yes. And it's so great when I see you bring your gifts to the table, I can be like fascinated and in awe of them and reverent of them without thinking that I have to be those things. And also without trying to, you know, sometimes out of insecurity, like if I was more insecure, for example, and you were in your light, I would be almost trying to dim that out of you so that it wouldn't be threatening to me. Right. But, but when you're in your lane and you embrace your lane and don't judge it as being better or worse than other people's lanes, then you can just see everyone else's and it's like cool and fascinating and amazing. But Ra, you know, the founder of human design also spoke about, you know, if you want to think about the macro of human design, like zoom out from energy types and authorities and profiles and all these things, you know, he used to say that we are here to experience passenger consciousness. What does that mean? It means that when you automate the functionality of your body, i.e. when you're living according to your energy type and your authority, which is your decision-making process, right? When those things are just seamless because you know, okay, for example, I have, if I have sacral authority, I listen to my gut on every decision. I take the moralism and the judgment and the mentally analyzing it all out of it. And I just, okay, my gut wants it. So I do it without questioning it. Well, my gut doesn't want it without the mental torture of, do I have to overdo it and overthink it and whatever. Imagine if decision-making was that simple, you would trust life so much more because you would just know, okay, when something comes up, I feel it to my gut and then I do it. Think how much more simple that is. And so what happens is we're afforded this passenger consciousness, meaning we just get to sit back and enjoy not being in the driver's seat, but just enjoy where life is naturally pulling us towards, whether we we think we have all this control. And yes, we have free will, but we don't need to be pulling at the reins all the time. And it doesn't need to be this hard. Life still has challenges, but it doesn't need to be this hard to try to figure it out. We already have this like amazing they call it the crystal of consciousness that's sitting inside of us that knows where to go at every junction. And we just get to like divorce our thinking and our conditioning from that decision-making process, let that take over and life becomes so much more simple. Now, listen, I'm not saying I have this down either. Like I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, you know, my mind still gets in the way of my emotional authority, but I know that in the moments where I do listen to my emotional authority and the moments where I do listen to um, my projector strategy, right? Those two things, strategy and authority. That's why they always say those two things in human design. It comes back to those two things. I can't stress stress those enough. If you know your energy type and you know your authority, life gets so magical and so simple more than your brain can ever, ever um, engineer itself, right? 
I know that in those moments where I have listened to those and let those take the lead, the most crazy, amazing, simple, easy things have happened. And my whole body is at rest, even though everything is in motion. And I think the more you taste that, the easier it is to keep on doing it and keep on trusting it. And then what happens is we actually circle back where it is free will and it's also destiny. And so somehow they somehow become they're one and the same, even though they seem like they're the total opposite. Oh my God, you're like clicking it in my brain right now as you're <laughs> saying this. It's so true because it's like, you think you're fighting against free will by following what your you know authority is telling you to do, even though your brain can't make sense of it. But then you start playing with it, like you play, start playing that game, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now it is free will because I'm I'm choosing to do this because I'm seeing how much better life is and how much joy I get out of life by doing it this way. I can attest to that right now. Like it was terrifying making decisions. And being like, this doesn't make sense. This direction doesn't make sense. I'm going against my free will here. And then now I'm like, caution to the wind, hands up in the air, passenger princess, as the TikTok kids say. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole thing about passenger princess where they're just like always like in the car. You're the passenger princess in the car. You don't do the driving. Um, it's wow. very energy. <laughs> it is though. And it's amazing because on, it makes you feel so held by life. Yes, And then free will, like if you are aligned, i.e. being, um, you know, being led from your soul or that place in you that is divine, then is it your will or is it the divine's will? And are they one and the same? Right. So do we even have to know the answer to that? No, exactly. It doesn't matter because you just either living in the magic and in the flow of that, what they call the co-creation where you're making decisions and having the correct, um, you know, uh, thoughts and exchanges and dancing with life in the way you're supposed to, but doing so much less of the thinking about how to do it and needing to do so much less, um, like have less involvement in it weirdly, like from your mind place. And yet you're more involved with it from the actual, like, you and the universe having this really strong connection and being one and just unlocking all these, you know, when things just come together in ways that, you know, um, it just seemed like they were so easy, even though you've strived to make something else happen for such a long time in the same way. And all of a sudden it's just like, like you said, it just clicks. It's that, and that can happen to us or that can be the normal way of life. Um, and that's the thing is like, it is through you showing up the way you need to, because the universe is ready to fully take over and make your life, you know, super magical and do all that work behind the scenes. Cause the universe does do 90% of the work, but it's waiting. It's it like needs your permission first. So you need, you need to be doing your 10% of like, this is me. I'm showing up as me. I'm showing you that my thoughts and my soul are all on the same page. And that's when it's like, cool, honey, you're showing me one message. You're not sending me mixed messages. Now let's get behind this. Otherwise, if you're like soul is on one page and your not self is on another page, then the universe is like, I don't know which way you want me to, what you want me to do. So it's, you know, I don't, I'm just going to wait and sit back because I don't want to give you something that you're going to later, 
you know, regret or something like that. That's basically the mechanics of co-creating with the universe. You know, you hear that phrase a lot. That's the mechanics. So if I'm someone listening to kind of, you know, tie this up with a bow who is maybe brand new to human design or maybe brand new to this idea of like, I can co-create with the universe. You have mentioned it already, but I want you to be like so clear if they're leaving here, what are the things that they should be focusing on in order to practice those mechanics? Yes. Okay. So what's amazing, as we know, we're all different and that human design is a system that can basically tell you how your specific energy functions in this world, i.e. the best way to use your energy to make stuff happen in your life. That's called your energy type. Every energy type has a strategy of the way they're supposed to make things happen in the world. That's number one. And then you also have an authority, which is how your body knows what always the right decision to make in any given situation. There's always a foolproof way of figuring out which is the right choice or the right answer. So if you only knew those two things, everything else would fall into place in your life. And so you can either, um, you can look up those two things on either our website, which is myhumandesign.com. Um, and we have a bunch of videos that will explain this to you in full detail. Also on the app, which is also called My Human Design, it will explain both of those things to you in full detail. And I want to stress that, you know, life's magic is so big and incredible and we all want it so bad. But the how to do it is so simple. When you're going to read it, sometimes it's just like, oh, could it be that easy? And our ego is almost going to want to make it so complicated or not believe it can be that simple. But really the trick is to, you have to practice getting over yourself. It's the overthinking that is hard to divorce. It's the overanalyzing. It's the, it's the not trying to make logical sense of it. It's getting you out of your not self, right? That's the hard part. The hard part is making it so simple and letting it be so simple. Not easy, but simple, straightforward, direct, right? There's always a foolproof way of it's either do you want it or do you not want it? That sounds simple, but that's really hard to trust and do when you're first starting out on this journey. So I recommend that you go, as they say, you go at the pace of love, i.e. you do it on decisions that you at first find easy to start with, right? You don't have to all of a sudden start doing this overnight with every single thing um, that comes up in your life. Like you and me will say, there's certain places where I don't listen to my emotional authority and certain places where you don't listen, you ignore your splenic authority, for example, Right. But what matters is that we're listening to it more than we did yesterday. And that's what's activating the forward motion of us towards greater alignment. And, you know, the whole of life is us moving towards greater alignment because there isn't a finite place of, okay, I'm 100% aligned now. For as long as we're alive, there's always going to be more and more and more and more. So figure out what your authority is. Try to picture... Um, what that would feel like. And even if you can't act on it, at least start acknowledging when those voices are, what those voices are trying to tell you in each moment so that you know, okay, well, my emotions are telling me this, but right now I'm too scared to listen to that. Or I, I just don't trust enough that I could just, it could be that simple, but at least you've acknowledged it. Awareness is 90% of the work. So really get to know what yours are. Really try to wrap your head around what's the voices of my head and logic and what makes sense to other people and what is it like that that visceral bodily part of me is leading me to the part that doesn't make sense the part that we haven't been told is okay to listen to and start just like really trying to acknowledge those different voices in your head the more you can 
separate, okay, this is the voice of this. And this was what it's saying to me now. And this is what the other voice is saying to me and call on your little council, um, acknowledge all the voices. And then as you start to acknowledge them, you'll start to trust them more. And that's when it becomes easier to take action. So I think sometimes we try to like take action right out of the gate. Um, but it's really difficult to do, you know, and, um, it's not about speed that gives you the results. It's the honesty with self. It's the self-awareness and it's the, the softness and the, the honesty that we do it with ourselves on. Right. So, because it's all about the internal conversation, right? The universe, the alignment is us having that correct um, communication with the universe. The action is just the icing on the cake because we're here in a physical world, right? Um, so start there. I know that was a long answer, but I know that when people first come to human design, it can feel really overwhelming because they're like, okay, well, I know this, but now how? So I just want to give licensing to people that there is so much that comes before you have to pressure yourself to be aligned tomorrow. That's not the goal. And that's also not um, usually the lasting way for it to happen. It's much better when you're building that solid foundation of really getting to know the different parts of you and how they're all coming together and what the different voices are leading you to saying and doing and all that stuff. So my human design across all platforms, um, just whichever way tickles your fancy. <laughs>